Welcome to the Players Podcast. This is your host, Coach Noza. The Players Podcast is brought to you by the Salem Hoops Project. The Salem Hoops Project provides free basketball training to kids in Northeast Salem, Oregon. It's our firm conviction that no child should be limited from athletic opportunity due to financial limitations. For more information, visit the SalemHootsProject.org. Now on to the show. So initially when Jordan came into the league, he was a scorer. People thought he was almost like a selfish ball hog type of player. And there was a lot of talk that scoring champions don't win titles. And ultimately, Jordan wanted to win titles. He wanted to be known as the best player ever. He knew he had to get those rings to be able to do it. Yeah, well, we and we spoke about it last one. I think coachability. Uh, he had to be willing to allow Phil to coach him. And as we hear in a documentary, he wasn't um, pumped and happy that Phil was coming on. And his whole process to put the triangle in play and to take the ball out of his hands. Um, but I think as a player, you gotta be, you have to understand, you don't know it all. And so if you wanna be a great player, I think that he knew he got to that point because he had just went to the Eastern Conference Finals, they lost in game seven. Um, and then the next year they bring on field. I think he had gotten to the point, like, I just wanna win, man. So if I gotta sacrifice five, six, seven points, um, but he saw it made him and their team even better and what i watched last night like i said when watching that game 54 points he's highly efficient like he's efficient he's not there's times where he'll come down on possession and he's just passing he's getting it out of his hands and letting the other guys do stuff where you won't necessarily see that as much um today and the yeah. parallel between a jordan is i just look i just think that he's the harden of the 90s and you just got to be willing to make that adjustment to your game, uh, like you said, for your legacy. If you if you want to win championships, you're going to have to sacrifice some part of your game for the team, the team glory. Well, and it's interesting with Jordan, and if you watch the documentary, you see some of it, but if you go to YouTube and watch those full games, you'll see more. The amount of time he has the ball in his hands is very minimal. He's catching it at the mid post or he's catching it on the wing. And he's attacking pretty quickly to make his move. Now you see these players that are the superstars of their team, and the ball is in their hands so much. They you know, the percentage of time, yeah, the ball is in their hands so much. Uh, I think you see that with LeBron. He's He has converted to a point guard to where he's dominating the ball so much. And he, he makes good decisions with the ball, of course. But with Jordan, he was more, I'm going to get to my spot because that's what Coach Jackson is asking me to do. Yeah, one, I think he figured out how to play the game of basketball. If we really want to get down to it, forget about like wipe statistics off the board. And if you're on the floor, I believe there's a right movement to make based off how the defense move. I believe where your teammates are, there's there are movements and different things that you can go right reads that you can make on the floor. But if you're opening your mind up to look for those things or are you just caught up in the statistics. I think when you dive into the game and forget about that, you've got the ability to get more statistics when you get lost in the game. Um, I know for myself, I can remember in middle school, high school, and counting my points, counting my rebounds, you know, and it just would never end up like I wanted it to be. And when I just got lost playing the game and didn't know what I had, I figured, oh man, you had 18. It, it, you get lost in the game. You're not playing for yourself. If you're always got that little piece in the back of your head where 
dang, okay, we're up by 10, but I only got seven right now. I need to turn it up. Like, nah, you're playing good. We're winning. That, that Whatever you're doing is help leading us to this win right now. And I don't know if a players look at that enough. Jordan had enough heartbreak to get him to that point to where he's like, man, I'm willing to do anything. I just want to win. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, players like Harden who can't get over the hump, have been dominating the ball, have been dominating the statistics, but they just can't get over that hump of getting to the title. And he had a good Warriors team in front of him. But I think one of the reasons that people appreciate the Warriors so much is they have good ball handlers, they have great scorers, but they get a lot off the ball with their players too. I mean, Clay Thompson was an all-star, and he, that guy barely dribbles the basketball. He's getting his points by moving and by working away from the basketball. And I think a lot of basketball fans kind of miss that in the game. And there's obviously exciting plays and great highlights when guys are dribbling so many times per possession. But it does take away from the team game, and it takes away from the team success. Well, I mean, going back to just understanding the game, I don't know if we hit on that enough. It's easy to, like right now during this time, what can players do? You got to go outside and work on your game. But, well, how will I gain a better understanding of the game? You better be having some dialogues or debates, talking with um, coaches and, and players and peers. Or you better jump on YouTube and start studying some stuff. You better get on NBA TV. I mean, for me, that's that's probably one of my biggest study sessions is when I watch games and I watch them possession for possession. And within a possession, there might be four situations. A down screen, a guy catches it. That's another situation. Pass it to the post entry. That's another situation. Guy cuts through. That's a, And you have to be able to guard all these situations or be, if you're on the offensive end, know how to make a read in all those situations. So trying to just take a step back and, and look at the big picture of the game rather than um, the individual. I think that's what Jordan was doing. I think that each step along the way, and it started too, a big part of his fundamental um, growth was in North Carolina, uh, you know, having a great coach like Dean Smith. Um, but just look what willing to be coach can do for you. Um, I'm looking last night in that game. Man, he comes over to the sideline and him and Phil, I mean, they're locked in eye contact and he's, you can tell he's talking strategy. It's not nothing about like, oh, you didn't run that play for me or, I'm watching times where I'm going, man, why did you shoot that card, right? You were supposed to get that to Jordan. Like, you, you didn't know that, but you got to play a team game. Everybody's in their own world. Um, and the game the game you're referencing is 93 playoffs, game four against the Knicks. Yes. Yeah, and game four against the Knicks. Go to YouTube, everybody. Watch that game. One of the best games that I've probably seen in the last year um, with everybody on the floor, not just looking at a superstar player. B.J. Armstrong is guarding full court the entire game, and he's coming off the bench. Um, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, those guys are trapping full court in an NBA game. Where have you seen that at? <laughs> I haven't seen that uh, Toronto Raptors this year when they mucked it up. A few, they did like a boxing one and a, a full court press in a game. They came back from about 33 down, I think it was. The best of their trapping defense has got to be 91 against the Lakers. Jordan and Pippen just going at magic. I mean, that's... If you want to go watch a, a two superstars give everything they have to defense to win a title, I think that's as good of an example as you can go see. 100%. They, the way uh, Pippen was turning Magic nonstop, and, and it's like, put it in perspective, you know, Magic was the LeBron of that era. Magic, I mean, and so to be making him feel like he's going to turn it over and fall him down, and yeah, it just, uh, it was an eye-opener.
there were a few other factors for Jordan making this transition that I want you to kind of give some thoughts about. We talked about Phil Jackson coming in and kind of challenging Jordan a little bit to think about the team more. But the players around him started getting better too. And I think he saw that and he trusted those players more. And along with that, I think he also, like you said, he started understanding the game of basketball as a whole. So as a player sitting at home who's who's going to their high school season next year or the college season next year, what can they learn from Michael Jordan in regards to trust in teammates and also in regards to uh, thinking of the game of basketball beyond just yourself? Well, and the game is big, man. It's a global game now. It's no longer just where we're at here in, in the United States. And if we look at all the great players, I think this is an old adage, great players make other players better. Um, and, and that's what you have there. And if you take a step back, like if, let's look at this era, if I'm a, a James Harden or some of these other superstars, I, I have to look back into the past and look at some of the people that potentially paved the way for me and look at what greatness and legacies uh, look like. And there is a blueprint. You know, I think that's maybe what we're getting at. A lot of people, it's like, I can just kind of, I'm going to coin my own way. I'm going to do it my own way and, and pave the road. It's like, man, there's there's thousands of people that's done this before you that if you follow that path, then you, I think you got the ability to do it um, even better. You know, people get better. We improve. Uh, things get better, but... I just go back to the bet. Your brain is your software in the game. Your body's the hardware. The more you can keep empowering your your, your brain and understanding of the game, um, you're going to be able to make the best decisions on the floor. And that's what it's going to bo eventually boil down to. You know, it's not boiling down to what defense you're running, what offense you're running. It's going to boil down to decisions at the end. I'm watching Jordan, you know, guy gets into the post and then he comes down, dies out, strips it out of there. That's a decision. Now, we could call it a gamble, but I think once you do it over and over again, you figure out how to make a calculated um, decision on the floor. But making your teammates better has got to be the central theme. I think when you step away from being yourself and giving yourself to the game, you got an opportunity to grow bigger than whatever plans you got for yourself. When you look at guys like Harden, Westbrook, even LeBron, and how much they dominate the basketball, do you think that it's because of a lack of trust in their teammates? Or do you think it's more of, I should have the ball because I'm the best player? No, I, uh, maybe a combination of both. But I just think it's, you know, we dealt with it with Jordan Louis, dealt with it with Kobe. It was where, like, I'm so much greater than you that my bad shot is like your good shot. But then you, if you watch that process, everyone, it doesn't matter if you go back to Jordan, Kobe, they're always going to pow. They're going to hit a wall. Pow, it's going to be really hard. It's going do you want to stay here? This could be a good living right here, or you could get past that. And I'm just saying this now in relation to Harden. We watched the Grace before push through that wall, man. Like, I just saw some statistics on Kobe, like, in his first however many games, you know, how many zeros and different stuff he was having. I think people forget about that stuff, that these guys had to still go through tough times, um, and that helps you grow. You don't want to keep hitting the wall and, like, I don't know what the next decision is. James Harden's a very smart player. I believe it. I think, if you're not remembering his second year when he played uh, for OKC, man, I was saying I thought he should have been the starting point guard over Westbrook. Mm -hmm. That's how good a reads and, and stuff that I thought he made. But 
it just shows the, what the ego is, man. It's a powerful thing if you go down that road. And now there's a part that I believe he thinks he's bigger than the game. Um, it's to, he just got immense talent, man. I think just if he can switch that decision, and this is for all-star players. I don't want to get caught up on just talk about James Harden. Whoever yeah. you are at your high school, at, at your college, uh, or if you're playing pro, if you perceive yourself that, man, I got a lot of responsibility to on, on this team. I'm, I'm the kind of one of the top dogs. I think you got to sacrifice yourself more. And when the, everybody sees that, everybody's going to follow behind. It's going to be a lot easier to get stuff done. And you see it's inverted. The, 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 the top dog wants the concessions and then, you know, all the reserves and the other guys, the role players, that, that they got to do it all the right way. One thing I'd like to see, specifically with Harden, I'd like to see him score more off the ball. I think he could be really good at coming off a screen away from the basketball and making the read on the cut there. But like you said, we get stuck on Harden probably because he's right now the talk of the statistical uh, wave right now. But a lot of players, I think, could benefit from playing off the basketball a little more and finding some points that way too. And then it frees you up more when you have the ball because not everybody's focused on the one thing you can do. Uh, people are talking about Milwaukee. And one of the things that I think kind of limits their title hopes right now is it's all Giannis. And everybody knows, I, I might have said his name wrong, I don't really care. But everybody knows like what they're going to do. They're too easy to scout in a seven-game series. Yeah, and that you saw that in the series with yeah. Philadelphia where they can just load up on guys like that. It just going to Golden State, um, it's harder to guard four than it is to guard one. So if I got the ball in my hands, everybody in the arena in the gym sees I got the ball, but the other four guys can do a lot of unpredictable patterns that you can't, uh, you know, think ahead about. So I think it's harder. I think the most dangerous way to play basketball is playing off the ball. You know, if you can teach everybody how to move the right way, but if anybody, if you play basketball and you're guarding a person that moves without the ball, you know that that's harder to guard than a person dribbling. Um, and I think you gotta, you gotta be aware of these thoughts. Like I can remember thinking that, like, whoa, oh, back door. Gosh, I rather he just dribbled on me because I don't know when he's gonna cut. You know what I mean? It was so unpredictable, and that's what you see. Clay Thompson, you know, forty-three points, four dribbles. Uh, Rip Hamilton. It makes me think of. Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, you know, from our time, and he would just do figure eight, figure eight, figure eight, and, and then make Jordan stop guarding him and then pop out. Uh, he just puts you to sleep. But you got to be in condition to do that, too. Definitely. I think the big lesson here with Jordan is that he knew this, and he maybe figured it out a little later, but he knew this that I'm still, I mean, if you look at his numbers, he was still a 30 point scorer. Led it wasn't the like he scored like seven years in yeah, a row. It wasn't like he sacrificed. You know, 15 points a game. He was still getting a lot of points, but he was doing it with getting his teammates involved in the game, and and that's going to be what I think will have to click for guys like Harden and Westbrook. Will be, I'm still gonna, I'm a great player. I'm still gonna, you know, get what I get. But my team's got to be involved in this. And for the, for younger younger players, especially the ones who might be the leaders on their team, I think it's important for them to learn that too, because the more you win in high school the more coaches at the next level are going to want you to be part of their program. That's what they look at. Yeah, I'm, uh, coaches want to win. And, and if you can do something that impacts winning on the floor, that's, and you get a lot of guys, oh, I'm not understanding why I'm not being recruited the way I should be being recruited right now, and this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, 
well, maybe it's not about your 20 points. If you maybe sacrifice, like you said, three to four of those points and focus more on getting in the paint and boxing out, rebounding and securing the rebound for your team's defense, then now you guys might win a little bit more. Um, you know, I, if you have lofty goals, figure out how to play the best brand of team basketball and win as much as possible, and the rest will take care of itself. I think the biggest lesson here with Jordan is uh, the last point we wanted to talk about was that your legacy is going to increase as your team wins. And we could be today talking about this player that averaged 38, 40 points a game for so many years and was a really good player, but his team never quite never quite got over the hump and won a title. But instead, we're talking about a great player who still averaged 30, a little bit more, but now has six rings and is considered the greatest of all time. And for players right now who are in high school and college, I think that's the biggest lesson they can learn from Jordan. You can still be great. Maybe your numbers are a little less than what, what they could be, but instead your team might win a little bit more and people are going to hold you at a higher position. Yeah. Well, what if I sacrifice four to six points, you know, three buckets, but then I get you two buckets. I get my other teammate two buckets. I get somebody else to it. I can end up creating more points, kind of like we talked about with that Rondo assist deal breakdown. I could show you how a person can account for 70 points without having baskets themselves on the floor. Um, and I think you want to dive into that, like what really uh, impacts and controls winning. Another thing I was talking about last night with a coach, man, the players that can get the ball have the ability to dominate. What do you mean? Just catch a pass? No, rebounding, defense, charges, whatever, deflections. If the players that know how to get the ball, those are the players that have the chance to be the most dominant. And that's why we talk about Robin, we talk about Pippen, we talk about Jordan. These guys knew how to get the ball. I mean, LeBron, Kobe, uh, whether it's on defense, whether it's through rebounding, offense, whatever, they know how to get the ball. And the guys we've seen in this state that have excelled, gone to the next level, had great careers, they understood playing both ends of the floor. You know, it's hard, it's hard to see a guy that's just going to play offense go off and have, have a great college career. Because the commitment to defense is much higher at the next level. Every level you every level you go up a little more, the defense has got to be that much better. Yeah. Well, you got to grow your game, and you don't want to stay still. I think the whole time you're doing this, you're trying to add, and that's another piece. I don't know if we really touched on with Jordan. Each year, he added a piece to his game, whatever it was. And I'm not talking about just some, you know, offensive thing that you saw a person doing you're like i'm just gonna i'm gonna work on this move this summer no you're not talking about the bag no not man, throw the bag <laughs> away man recycle the bag you know i know stores they make you pay for the bag now man like throw the. you don't need the bag is is right here your basketball iq if you want to have a bag that's the bag you need to get okay and i think a lot of players are lost how to get to that but uh with with jordan he always added a piece to his game. So if it was, um, okay, I got to learn how to guard better in the post, or I got to defend these screens better. I, I got to, um, here, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to drive by Stark. Stark's guard me pretty good. You know what I can do? I can just pass it, walk down, boom, turn around and post them up down. You, you know what I mean? Like simple stuff like that, uh, that now they, they're going to double team you. If you're a good player, find open man. Um, and that's what you're going to have with most, 
whether it's in high school, college, or especially the pros, if a player is really any good, learn how to make reads out of the double team. I heard this the other day. We ran a play for you, man. We didn't give you the – that's not the license to shoot it. That's the license to make the right play. Um, what is the right play? You know, that sounds good for us to talk about it. You got to go down that rabbit hole to explore looking at the game and what that means to you. Um, did you like playing with selfish players? You know, so for me, it was like a reciprocating thing. You know, do what, do as I do to you. If I don't like selfishness, I try my best not to do that because it made me mad when I was opening the corner and the guy didn't swing it to me. Um, so I always kind of try to keep that in mind. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we can sit here and talk about Jordan. Obviously, he shot a lot. He was the best player in the world. So we're not saying that players should, from this point on, don't shoot. Yes. But the lesson here is understand what the right play is. And if you are the go-to guy on your team to get points, the right play might be shooting more often than not. But if that's not your role on that team, you don't have to try to show out with six dribble combinations and shoot a fadeaway. You might just need to cut, get to a spot, and now you can make a play off one dribble. Yeah. We got to keep you on the floor, Espinosa. That's, I don't think we talk about that enough. Everybody... You know, the playing time, people, that's the currency of trust with your coach. And so everybody wants to play. Well, let's figure out how to keep you on the floor. You know, Fred Van Vliet is undrafted and he comes into the NBA. And I believe he had to just defend and deny and keep his hands up off the ball. And then next thing you know, because you do that long enough, you stay on the floor and then you hit a couple corner pocket threes. And now that I man, Fred Van Vliet's pretty good. You know, oh, he's going to get a big contract. But it didn't start with that. It started with doing all of the quote-unquote little things um, that my man Coach Foss calls them the big things. I think we need to switch that up because uh, they're not the little things. You don't win doing the little things. Those are the big things. You can even look at Kawhi Leonard and when he came to the Spurs. He wasn't, he wasn't MVP Kawhi Leonard. He was, he was defender. Every now and then get a shot. But he grew his game and then now he's... He's the guy with the ball in his hands most of the time that they trust to make the right play. Heck yeah. And that's the, the growing process, allowing yourself to get into that, man. But like if you're getting endorsements and all this stuff that the ego can, or if you're getting put in perspective for these guys, if you're getting scholarship offers or if you're getting um, videos made on you, if you're getting tweets and people are retweeting about you, you feeling good about yourself, like that can take your ego off of what the real plan is and objective at hand. Um but you, I think you just want to learn how to play the right way, man. Like, uh, There's no way you're going to come into it knowing it all. And so you have to open your mind. Be a student of the game. Be a sponge. I mean, these are things I heard. I don't know how much um, that they're being said anymore. And we've got media and all this different stuff that we could spread the word a lot faster. Um, but being a student of the game, I think that means put something in your bag today. Well, and a huge lesson from Jordan that you just pointed out. Right now, the, it, is, it is different than we came up. Kids are getting these Instagram videos of their workouts, highlight videos of their games. Uh, every scholarship offers a chance to kind of send a tweet or put a picture out like, thank, thank for this offer, bless for this offer. But, you know, Jordan was the most... i make you laugh on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it just makes me laugh, man, because me and my buddies... It's, kids can't wait to do that. Like, they I get know. to argue, I'm so blessed. Thank you for, for my offer. It's like... You're just doing that out there to hopefully that the, the, the next coach can see that, you know, to, to push it forward. But, yeah, I get it. 
feel proud about your work, but. <laughs> well, Jordan, Jordan was one of the most celebrated athletes in pop culture with endorsements, and everybody knew who he was, but he understood that what got him to that point was his game. So he always focused on the game first. And if you are a young athlete out there who's getting these videos and, and getting the hype surrounding yourself, I mean, yeah, enjoy it a little bit. And it is cool. I wish I could have had that when I was a kid. Didn't have it. We didn't have Instagram. But always remember what your goals were and what are making those opportunities for you. And stay focused on doing the little things, which are the big things, being a better teammate, growing your IQ, and don't focus so much on getting a more hype video or, you know, this or that. The, notor the notoriety. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I would just, I want to uh, mention this. When I, when you talk about that stuff, kind of just tapping out of the society, the uh, social media and stuff like that, Nigel Williams Goss comes to my mind to where uh, being something he kept directed on his goal and where the social media um, era was going on and he would just turn it off. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when he was at UW and at uh, Gonzaga, like, he just wasn't participating on it. Um, and so ha having that North Star in front of you and knowing, like, I'm not saying, like, you got this available. You can use this stuff, but uh, understand what it's used for because you go down that rabbit hole, that Pandora's box, and it's, uh, I think it can be more negative reinforcing than positive reinforcing.